0: Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 157. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. We're doing another one. I survived Snowmageddon yesterday here in the Midwest. Worse for you guys out on the East Coast, I imagine. We got like uh, five inches of snow where I'm at yesterday as I'm recording this. Uh, Had to dig out from that. Made my kid come out and shovel. That's always gratifying as an adult when you can, uh, as an adult parent, when you can make your kids uh, do stuff that you don't want to do. Uh, I did Shovel too, but I made her come and help me. So that was fun. What is new with you? Oh, really? Wow. Well, good luck with that. Um, What should we do now? Oh, well, that's right. Gonna
1: prove that the world is flat in this rocket ship he'll go splat. He's Mad Mad
0: When I pull up Mad Mike's Facebook page, I'm immediately smacked in the face, metaphorically, with a post from January 14 that has a logo on it in big orange letters. Wow, it says. Presents Plus. Mad Mike wrote that he just signed, S-I-N-E-D. A deal with these guys, exclamation point. Check them out. I'm a little reluctant to do that, but alright. The link takes you to www.wowpresents.com, a new streaming network from the creators of RuPaul's Drag Race. Check out original series from Valentina, Detox, and Bob the Drag Queen as well as an award-winning lineup of films, docs, drag, and LGBT shows. All right. I imagine this is a great network. Uh, I'm a little perplexed what the hell Mad Mike is doing there. But, all right. RuPaul's Drag Race apparently is a video podcast, available everywhere, and I'm reading from the, the website here, available everywhere except... The United States, the United Kingdom, and Ireland; Canada, Australia, Australia, uh, Austria, Belgium, Finland, Germany, Hungary, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Sweden, and Switzerland. You can watch the exclusive clips that you can only find on Wow Presents. Plus. plus uh, okay. Wow Presents Plus and subtitles in Portuguese, French, and Spanish. Okay, new series from Trixie and Katya, Bob the Drag Queen, Brad Gorski, Jinx Monsoon, and more. Yeah, it's a bunch of uh, all those people that I listed. I don't see Mad Mike on this page. I suppose he just signed the deal. This is a pay service, three ninety-nine a month after thirty days free trial. Um, like I said, I'm sure it's a great network. I am very confused. What Mad Mike is there for? Oh, the first comment is, as I did, pointing out that he misspelled "signed." Another commenter rushes to his defense. He didn't post this. The commenter says, M.M. doesn't manage this page. Uh, Someone else is griping about how, whether it's Mad Mike himself or somebody else writing it, it looks bad. Someone comments that World of Wonder is on my old block, my old offices, good crew to be working with, plus they're across from Steve Bordner's, whatever that is. No one is questioning what Mad Mike is doing there, and Mad Mike isn't elaborating. Not to speculate on Mad Mike's beliefs, other than the little bit that I read in his biography, I get the sense, and I may be wrong, I get the sense that Mad Mike's a pretty conservative dude. What's he doing on a network aimed at the LGBT community and drag queens? Maybe he's a little more progressive than I gave him credit for. So, you know, good for you, Mad Mike. Uh, I am curious what you're going to be doing. Are you going to have a podcast about your adventures not building a rocket to go into space? At least not that we can tell. Give us more details, Mad Mike. I am curious. Podcaster to podcaster, if that's what's going on here. Ooh, a while back I was offering to, uh, uh, y- you know, to trade podcast time. You know, basically inviting people to come on this show and talk about uh, making up stories for old video games. And in exchange, I would come on your show. So if, you know, Mad Mike, I'm putting out the offer right now. If you're getting a podcast, I- I'll come hang out on your podcast. And you come hang out over here. That would be great. You heard it here, guys. I've made the offer. Well, that's pretty exciting, actually. Nothing to do with building a rocket to prove the Earth is flat, but still, interesting. No doubt. We will keep tabs on that. As always, if you guys hear Mad Mike news that I miss, please let me know.
1: Gonna prove that the world is flat in this rocket ship he'll go splat. He's Mad my cues Mad Mike
0: cues What else? Last week I announced that among the ways you can get a hold of the podcast now is by calling us and leaving a voicemail. And I'm very excited to say that one of you did that. That was very cool. I heard this week, as I'm recording this, this previous week, from Kim Swanson. Kim had this to say.
1: Hey, Bill. Kim Slauson. Long-time listener, first-time caller, because we just got this phone number. And I really like your theme song, and I wanted to ask you what it is, because you'd mentioned the other theme songs in your show notes, but you never mentioned the rather regal-sounding main theme, and it's just very impressive. Uh, As a sidebar, my kids and I really both enjoyed the Matt Mike Hughes updates. And I hope to continue. I hope he does not go splat, because then what would we have to talk about? Anywho, thanks for the podcast, and keep it
0: up. Thanks for calling, Kim. I, like I said, I'm very happy that somebody used the voicemail. Please, everybody, do that thing. You can call me at 563-265-1978 and leave a message just like Kim did. You won't have to talk to me. Don't worry about that. Just leave a voicemail, and I will play it on the show. So to answer your comments, to respond to your comments, Kim... Uh, First of all, thank you. The theme song. I I would like to say that I worked really hard on creating this theme song, um, but I'd be lying. It's a song called Take a Chance. I usually give a shout-out at the end of the show to Kevin McLeod, a composer. He has a website called Incompetech.com. You'll hear me plug that at the end of the show, where he offers free music. All he asks in exchange is a shout-out. And that's what I do. I put it in the show notes. I mention him at the end of the show, and he has free music. When I started this podcast, I knew it was going to be video old Atari games, obviously. But I wasn't doing intending to do a game review show. There's lots of those. Who lots of people out there who do that already, really well. I wanted to do a show where I wrote stories every week, and I wanted to use. I decided to use old video games because I also wanted an excuse to play these old Atari games uh, as a springboard for those shows. So I compromised. I said, "All right, I have an opening theme and I have a theme and I have an end theme." The end theme by the way is called Pinball Spring. The opening theme, I, I deliberately chose a song that that didn't make me think of video games necessarily. It felt like sort of a classic movie adventure kind of, you know, 1960s era um what am I looking for? Like um Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, or the Time Machine, or um, Tarzan, or which is older than that, not or uh, King Kong. So sort of these classic movie serial, we're going on an exciting adventure kind of songs, and Take a Chance to me kind of sounded like that, so that's why I went with it. And then I deliberately, because I was doing that, the other aspect of the show, like I said, obviously is video games, so I chose a song. That made me think of video games. Or in this case I guess pinball machines. Because it's called Pinball Spring. So that's why I chose the end theme that I did. Um, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, but like I said I can't take credit for it. It was Kevin McLeod at com. There you go Kevin. You got an extra plug. The Mad Mike Hughes updates. I don't know why I started doing that. It started out as just a curiosity one week. And I decided just to follow this guy. And see what happens. Uh, and it's kind of become a regular thing now. Uh, I should probably stop doing it. It takes up time from the show when I'm not talking about video games or making up stories. But I just find the whole thing so weirdly fascinating. And I'm just kind of waiting for the day that he actually does launch another rocket, which seems to be becoming less and less likely. But we'll see. So, yes, to respond to your comment, I do intend to continue doing this segment because it amuses me. Uh, And I hope it amuses all of you. So that was great. I got this voicemail from Kim, someone who was using the, the phone number that I put out, showing me that it wasn't a waste of time to put that out, and I was, I was so happy with that. But then, a couple hours after I got that voicemail, Kim called again, and here's what he said.
1: Hey Bill, this is Kim Slauson calling again, and I just wanted to call and say that you absolutely must do more Parenting Corners with Bill. Parenting Corner with Bill segments. That's another plural problem for you. But yeah, do that segment again, because it's funny. Thanks. Keep podcasting. Bye.
0: Parenting Corner with Bill. I would like to say that that was a planned segment that will come up again. I'll be honest. Uh, First of all, uh, I have to admit, I remember saying something and then saying, this has been Parenting Corner with Bill. I don't honestly remember what I said, because it was really just me rambling, and I needed a way to end that particular ramble. So I said, well, this has been Parenting Corner with Bill. But I have kids. I continue to have kids. So I imagine other things will come up. Uh, Whether it will become a regular segment or not, I don't know. Uh, I should probably just do... uh, My kids are, are, as everybody says their kids are, are unique creatures. I have been tempted now and again to do a whole podcast with just my kids and the stuff they say. So uh, who knows? That may come someday when I have an extra, you know, 24 hours in the day so again thanks kim please call again others of you be like kim and call me 563-265-1978 all right what else oh there is nothing else on my list of things to talk about before we talk about the game so what the heck why don't we talk about a game this week's game is this commercial is based on a true story Hello? Tracy? No, we don't need a babysitter tonight. Thanks, anyway. After a
1: family bought an Atari video game, they had no trouble getting babysitters.
0: Oh, boy. Hello? Kate? No, we don't need a babysitter tonight. Bye.
1: Everybody enjoys Atari because Atari has so many different games to enjoy.
0: Hello? Karen? No, we don't need a babysitter tonight.
1: No other company offers you as many different video game cartridges as Atari.
0: So the commercial you just heard, if you listen really close, the kid at one point says, Oh boy, dodge em or something like that. That's why I played this particular commercial, because this week's game is Dodge by Atari, 1980. When I went looking for the manual for this game, I stumbled across two different versions. I don't usually spend much time talking about the manuals themselves as documents, but since I have two versions, I will do that thing briefly right now. One of them is white, one of them is black. They look very similar on the front, although the black one has a more prominent Atari logo on it. They both have the same picture, a 1920s era, a man and woman in a car, which I'm going to call a Bugatti 35. It's probably not, but uh, that's what I'm calling it because that's what I did in the story that's coming up. You know, spoiler. Actually, I'm looking at the picture now. I don't think the, the car that the people are in is a Bugatti. It just looks to me like some sort of, I don't know. It's not a not a Model T, but some sort of, jalopy thing that Laurel and Hardy uh, would have destroyed in one of their movies. Laurel and Hardy continues to be on my mind frequently. Oh, 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 I can mention that, sort of. As, as this episode is going out, barring illness or horrible weather or something, I will have seen the Stan and Ollie movie, and I imagine I will have thoughts about that, which you will hear next week in this epi- in, on this podcast. Anyway... So in the picture, I don't think the man and woman are in a Bugatti. The other car that is on the screen, which I guess would be crashing Clyde, which we'll talk about here in a minute, that could be a Bugatti, the little bit of research that I've done. I don't know anything about cars, but I have Google. All right, so I'm looking at the white version of the manual, which is shorter, interestingly, and we get a little premise of a story. Uh, we see a picture of a dude who is either A, stoned, B, suffering a major bout of road hypnosis, or C, possessed by the devil. Uh, He's got a a, a little tiny cigar, like a Swisher Sweets cigar or something. Um, I don't know anything about cigars either, other than than I know the Swisher Sweets are those little skinny cigars. We see a picture of him gripping the uh, the wheel at the uh, 10 and 2 position, which I've heard is not how they teach people to drive anymore, right? It's the 9 and 3 now. Which is hard to do on a typical steering wheel because you got that, that bar that goes ar- uh, you know, around the, uh, the middle of the, uh, of the steering wheel where all the, you know, the buttons for the radio and the horn and stuff are. So anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. So the manual tells us, quote, The bid race is on. It's you against the demolition derby king, Crash and Clyde. And if he can't single-handedly destroy your car, he'll bring on his sidekick, Smash and Sam. You'll be racing counterclockwise, and they will race clockwise trying to ram into your car. Jerks. I added that editorial. They are tough and mean, and with them there's no such thing as a clean, fair race. This is a real test of your defensive driving skill. You'll need to know when to speed up and when to slow down. And you'll have to make quick lane changes to avoid a smash-up. Crash and Clyde just keeps ramming your car until it dies. Slow your roll there, Clyde. Maybe a little less coffee. What do you think? again i added that editorial crash and clyde follows no rules the surviving car and driver will win are you ready to face the challenge if you are line up the gate and start your engine all right so that's the setup for the game it's a racing game right the object of the game is to race your car around a four-lane track without crashing into the opponent's car the longer your car goes without crashing the more points you'll score that's all pretty self-evident games one and two are against the computer game three you compete against another player Although I'm confused because I thought I read somewhere. Maybe I'll keep reading. I think game two is a two-player game too. Oh, that's right. I'm jumping ahead. Game two is a two-player game, but you, you take turns playing against the computer. Game three, you play against each other if you have friends, which I do not. You have three turns with up to five heats in each turn. To complete a heat, you must run over all of the dots on all four lanes. As you run over the dots, they disappear and you score points. You must successfully complete each heat before you can qualify for the next heat. At the end of a heat, the screen flashes for a split second. To avoid the computer car and to score points, your timing is important. Use your accelerator and your skill at steering from one lane to another. You have to be quick and cagey to outsmart the computer cars because each heat becomes progressively harder. In fact, until you can drive like a pro, chances are it will take lots of practice before you even even see heats 3, 4, or 5. Heat one is one computer car versus you. Heat two, heat two is one computer car versus you. Heat three is two computer cars versus you. Four, two, two computer cars versus you. Okay, heats heats three, four, and five are all two computer cars versus your car. Using the joystick for this one, your joystick obviously drives uh, guides your car around the track, and in your lane changes at the gate openings. Move the joystick right to change lanes to the right. Move the joystick left to change lanes to the left. Pushing the joystick forward causes your car to move up a lane. Pulling the joystick backward move your car down a lane. Press the red controller button to accelerate as if it were a gas pedal in a car. In the field report, I didn't really pay attention to that. I don't think I had honestly paid that much attention to the manual. I'm not sure that it would have made that much difference in how well I played. You can change up to two lanes at a time, except when accelerating. When the red button on the controller is down, you can only change one lane at a time. left controller steers the car moving counterclockwise around the track. The right controller, or the computer, steers the car moving clockwise. The left difficulty switch in the A position has the computer car or cars travel at twice their normal speed, on the second and fourth heats. The B position is the normal speed. The right difficulty switch in the A position has the car... Uh, Computer car or cars begin the race in different starting positions on the track. See figure 5. There you go. Hey, pay attention in the back. In the B position, the computer car always starts the race opposite your car. Set the TV type switch to color if your television is color. Duh. Set the switch to black and white if your television is black and white, or if you really want to tick off your kids. Like I said, there are three game variations. Game 1 is a one player. Game 2 is a two player with you and an opponent taking turns scoring while the computer controls the other car. Game three is for two players who alternately control a point-scoring car and a crash car. You and your opponent race at the same time. Scoring. During the game, each player has three turns in which to try to complete five heats. You only lose a turn if your car crashes. A perfect game score is 1080 points, a total of 15 heats in three turns. Running over all of the dots on the track is one heat, and you receive one point for each dot that you run over. When you run over all of the dots on the track, the end of one heat, you score eight bonus points in in two player games, the turns switch each time a car crashes. But if a player successfully completes five heats without crashing, the turns switch after the fifth heat. The turns switch after the fifth heat. Scores are displayed at the top right corner of the screen. In two player games each player's score appears during their turn, and at the end of the game both players' scores are alternately alternatively displayed. Helpful hints. After playing several games, you will develop certain patterns that will help you to win, but remember that the computer card becomes progressively harder to beat. There are as many patterns for winning one-player games as for two-player games, but the patterns are not necessarily the same. Try playing different patterns for an added challenge. Winning patterns for for the player using the right joystick are different from those for the player using the left joystick. Neener, neener, neener. And that's the end of the white manual. So the black manual... Has the stuff about you know which joystick to use, blah blah blah. In all games, you race, you race your car automatically moves forward around the four lane track. To steer your car left, move the joystick left, blah blah blah. Game select switch, left difficulty difficulty switch. More about how the game is, you know, how you score, how you move your car. Lots about that, but the information is pretty much the same. You do not get the little story about crashing Clyde and smashing and Sam and, and all of that. So I am wondering which manual came first, or if they came out at the same time, and it just depended on, a, on which particular cartridge you picked up at the store. I don't imagine that the box, which I don't have, if someone would like to send me a dodge and box, uh, I won't say no, <laughs> but I don't have one. So I, I don't know if the picture on the box was different. The cartridge I have, which I have now put out of sight, I don't think it has a picture on it. I think it's just a Uh, one of the cartridges with just the words on it Um, I guess you'll be able to see that when you look at the uh, when this episode comes up in your podcatcher so I don't know, I'm kind of curious about that I haven't really paid attention to it I guess probably there are other games that Atari put out where some of them have the story in it and some of them don't I am guessing that the black one came first as I think about it and then later someone decided just to make up a little story and put that in because they thought that would help maybe, what's selling the game, I don't know if any of you has more insight into that, let me know, because I'm sure that there are many of you who pay more attention to that stuff than I do traditionally. Wikipedia, our good friend, tells us that this game is basically the same as Sega's Head On from 1979, and that the game was programmed by Carla Meninsky. Dodgem was reviewed by Video Magazine in its Arcade Alley column, where it was described as, quote, one of those rare video games that is, exci- that is exciting in either one- or two-player versions, end quote. Although the reviewer suggested that, quote, the early stages of each Dodgem game can become predictable for some players, the game was recommended to arcade game fans who are familiar with frequently replaying early levels in order to master them. It would go on to be given honorable mention in the category of Best Solitary Game at the 3rd Annual Archie Awards. I've never really thought about or researched this, but are the Archie Awards still a thing? Have they evolved into something else? Have they just disappeared, most importantly? Can a video game podcast win an Archie award? And how do I get one? Ethan Nobles at the Atari Times wrote in 2005 that this early Atari's 2600 game is surprisingly fun. It might look like a primitive version of Pac-Man. Hey, I said that in the field report, which I recorded, I will add, before I read this review. With laughably laughably simple graphics, Dodge 'em is an addictive and tough game which is downright enjoyable to pop in from time to time. Goes on to describe how you play. It's a pretty simple concept. What's really surprising is this simple little game appears to have been uh, influenced, if not flat out stolen, from an arcade game, Gremlins Head On from 1979. I'll admit I had to cheat and look up the name on the internet. Well you got me beat because I've never even heard of it. If any of you knows anything about Gremlins Head On, let me know. The reviewer says he remembers playing that arcade game when he was a kid. It was one of those lonely little machines that sat over in the corner as kids went nuts over Pac-Man, Centipede, and Galaga. As far as the graphics, there's not much to write home about, but it gets the job done. The sound is pretty sparse, too. The control is a bit stiff, and you'll likely be frustrated if you have an old, worn-out joystick. Which I do. Heck, the game is tough to beat. Heck, the game is a touch... En- Let's the that. Heck, the game is tough enough... Oh, there's a typo here, that's why. Heck, the game is touch, meaning tough, enough to be frustrating even with a new stick. So you'll need all the help you can get. The game is ugly, the sounds are sparse, and the control isn't that great, but it is an enjoyable game that should appeal to Maze fans. Sure, it looks dated and will never compete with some of the better Maze games for the 2600, such as Ms. Pac-Man, Mousetrap, or Junior Pac-Man. I still haven't played Junior Pac-Man, at least not on Atari, I don't think. Anyway, so that's the Atari Times review, and I would concur with most of that, except the Gremlins head-on thing, which I don't know anything about. All right, well, after the break, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Know when to... Know what? We're not playing casino again this week. We're playing dodge Let's get on with it, eh? I'm old. I sometimes get confused. (music) Alright, cowpokes. This here's my town. I'm the sheriff. Dodge City is a peaceful town. We like peaceful folk. So if you aim to cause some problems here, you best just get back on the next stage out of town and skedaddle. You hear? Dodge City isn't going to put up with your nonsense. What's this? My deputy just handed me a note. What? This game isn't called Dodge City? Nothing to do with cowboys? Well, they can't be right. Let me look here. Oh. Dodge 'em. All right, my bad. I'll be getting on that stagecoach now. All right, so we're playing Dodge 'em. I've been playing a little bit. I'm a little worried about doing this field report because it's going to be hard to talk over this game because it moves really fast. But uh, yeah, we'll do the best we can. I'll just make a couple of comments before I start the game. On first blush. The board itself that you're playing on, the screen that you're playing on, looks to me a lot like the 2600 port of Pac-Man. Obviously, this game, well, I was going to say this game is nothing like Pac-Man, but in a way, it kind of is. I mean, you're moving around a grid that, like I said, looks a lot like a Pac-Man grid. You're gobbling up dots, sorry, running over dots with your car, and you're being chased. In this case, it's not ghosts chasing you, it's another car. So, in that regard, hell, this is a lot like Pac-Man. Um, alright, let's play a little bit and see what happens. Buckle up. Here we go. When I play this game, the car moves by itself, and I have a hard time steering it into other directions. It'll go. I kind of like the skidding tires thing. I crashed again. I kind of like the skidding tires thing when when you do move it another direction. That's kind of cool, um, but I mean, is the the car moving by itself thing, is that how the game is set up? Is that something with my controller? My joysticks and my pedals are old, like everything else, including me. So I don't know, I'm assuming that's just a, a function of the game. Alright, let's try this one more time. I'm not sure if you're picking up any of the audio from the game itself. Uh. Whee! My daughter often jokes that she's learning to drive by playing on her phone car driving games. I don't think I'll show her this one. No, go the other way, car. No, I want to go that way. Well, I think you get the idea. I'm putting the car in park and uh, going back to get some sarsaparilla at the town saloon. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XeGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that, and for free, just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. So here's the thing about Dodgem. I said it, Ethan Noble said it, It looks a lot like Pac-Man, and it takes on a different dimension when you think of it as kind of a a Pac-Man type game. I forgot to mention the field report, the little cars, the sprites for the cars, don't really look like cars to me. They look like bugs, like maybe, um, I think I'm wrong here, but I want to say the different segments of the centipede. In Centipede, they also kind of look like one of the creatures from Mega Mania on one of the boards there. Basically, it's a generic bug type game. Maybe Spider, although it doesn't have enough legs. Or tires, I guess. But they really don't look like cars. You just have to take that at face value. And as I've said, and as the reviewer said, yeah, it's not a pretty game, but it's fun. You know, old Atari games like this, you just kind of take it as it is and just have fun with it. It's story time bites yes it's story 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 time with bill all right it's time for a story kids grab some hot cocoa and a cookie and uh you know snuggle in because uncle bill's gonna tell you a story this week's story is titled speak easy but get this damn monkey off my back "'Niles' toothache wouldn't have bothered him near as much "'if the flapper in the passenger seat of his Bugatti 35 racer would shut up. "'The woman's bracelets clacked together as her hand waved. "'This auto is the bee's knees,' she shouted. "'Leave me alone,' Niles shouted back. "'Rats!' with an H and a Z, she pouted playfully, but still smiling. "'But then, poof, she was gone. "'The Bugatti barreled down the road. "'Niles had to get there. "'He didn't know where there was exactly.' Wherever it was, he would be the first one. Sweat, tears maybe, blurred his vision. He wiped a grimy sleeve across his face just in time to swerve the Bugatti away from smearing the flapper who now stood in the middle of the road. Her dams would have been no better than kindling if Niles wasn't such a good driver. I'm good, I'm good, he told himself, fighting the panic. The flapper was gone again. Only the road remained. Just Niles and his road, like always, the road to somewhere and nowhere. The road started to bubble and curve, rippling like a pond. Niles wasn't just driving a car, he was commanding a mighty vessel. But then his toothpane roared forward. Niles whimpered in spite of himself. Hey, Spiffy, the flapper said, again in the seat next to Niles, let's you and me find a gin mill. A little hooch will fix up that kisser of yours. Stram, would you? Niles said. I know what I need. Yeah, fine old whoopie if you asked me, the flapper said. ''I said scram!'' Niles yelled, reaching across to open the passenger side door. Laughing as she rolled out, the flapper called, ''Don't be such a blue nose, bub!'' She disappeared before she hit the ground. Niles gripped the wheel as both lifeline and enemy. His tooth throbbed. It might be the one on the right side now, or possibly the left. It wasn't clear. He needed a dentist, a special dentist, one who had just the right touch. Lights appeared up ahead. A car was approaching. The Bugatti's tires crunched through the gravel on the shoulder of the road. Niles wanted to turn and flee. He knew what that car was. Crashin' Clyde. That's what Niles called it anyway. Had pursued Niles for years. Niles couldn't shake him. Clyde approached, head on, never slowing. In this game of chicken, Niles blinked first and swerved. Niles always blinked. Clyde always won. And Niles hated himself for it. But he always got back out on that road. The road had gotten longer somehow. Niles' tooth seemed to be barking orders now. A large, rabid canine, it was, snarling, drooling, running alongside the car. Crashing Clyde held the leash. Niles tried to swerve away, but Clyde was persistent. Niles gunned it. Clyde kept a pace. The Bugatti rolled to a stop in front of the office of Dr. Wilson Winston, DDS. Niles leapt frantically from the car, stumbled inside in a spray of sweat and desperation. Dr. Winston sat with his feet up on the desk, reading a newspaper. Doc, you gotta hook me up. Niles said. My tooth is killing me. Winston barely looked up from the box scores. You were just here yesterday. Yeah, weird, huh? Niles said. Is it your left molar? That's the one. I pulled that one last week, Winston said. Oh, Niles said. I thought you meant my left, your right. I did, Dr. Winston said. Uh, you're wasting your time, Niles, Dr. Winston said. "'Scientists have figured out the addictive properties of cocaine "'outweigh its usefulness as an anesthetic. "'It's pretty heavily regulated now,' Winston shrugged. "'Niles' pounding heart sent the blood rushing through his ears, "'so he wasn't sure he had heard correctly. "'So... no coke, then?' Winston shook his head. "'My brother's a bootlegger, "'so I've got a bottle of bathtub gin and some rusty pliers.' "'Niles beat it out of the dentist's office. "'The Bugatti left rubber as Niles sped off to he knew not where.' but he could still hear Crash and Clyde laughing over his shoulder. <laughs> and that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Thanks to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes update theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the story time theme. Show notes are available at ataribytes.libsyn.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And occasionally we have some weirdness up there at our Atari Bytes Instagram page. And remember, I said earlier in the show, be like Kim. Call us at 563 563- 265-1978, and leave a voicemail. You can listen to Atari Bites wherever fine podcasts are sold, st- distributed, or foisted upon you, like so many flyers from politicians in an election year. But remember to motor on over to Apple Podcasts, do a line or two of Coke, and leave a review. Editors note, this podcast does not condone drug abuse. Editors, clarification, or the consumption of Coke. Pepsi is better. Note, Cherry Dr. Pepper beats both. But... This podcast is open to sponsorships from any of them. Also, you can support the show financially on our Patreon page or by picking up AtariBytes merchandise at Zazzle.com. I'm still looking for ideas for new things for the Zazzle store, whatever you guys would like to see and own for your very own selves, based on this podcast. So send me your ideas. If you have the time, and I know you do, Um, I don't know why I say that, but I'm going to guess you are always looking for more, po- more podcasts, because who isn't? check out my other show because that is a podcast and it's called it's a podcast charlie brown new episodes drop on the 15th of every month at which time you will get my friends anything you want to know about the peanuts comic strip the tv shows the movies the characters the mind of charles himself the merchandise we cover everything related to peanuts peanuts has been an icon of the world for decades you love peanuts you have friends and family who love peanuts check out this show Thanks in advance. Next time on Atari Bytes, Pressure Cooker. So apparently it's a cooking show next week. That's good, because I'm kind of hungry. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.
1: Okay.